welcome to Tell the Damn Story, the podcast that celebrates the trials and tribulations, the challenges and joys of creativity, and hopefully, hopefully, ah, along the way, helps you decide how you want to tell the damn story. And today we're going to be speaking about uh, something that you can use to help you tell a damn story. <laughs> who is going to be speaking about that? Well, me, Chris Ryan, former journalist, longtime teacher, and an independent author, uh, making my journey to become an hyphenate. Uh, not only do I want to continue independently publishing, but I want to be traditionally published. Uh, we have actually uh, reached October, so this is the month where I will be um, officially published in print. I have been... Yay! Published, yeah, uh, I've been published with Crime Spree Magazine online and um, Shotgun Honey and a few other things. But, uh, yeah, Buchcon comes out, I think, the 21st. So now, what, what, what is, you know, because when you say it, and I know what you're talking about, but when you say it, I keep hearing Buchcon. And I, I envision one of two things. So what Famous, uh, yeah, famous, um, I believe, in Mystery Writer. His last name was Butcher, or was that an editor? I, I'm going to have to re- research that. But uh, the con appears in different places. Um, you know, sometimes the West Coast, sometimes down south, sometimes up north, that kind of stuff. And it's um, probably the, if not number one, the, uh, among the very top uh, mystery conventions, mystery writers convention, mystery authors, mystery mm-hmm. books conventions uh, in America. And um, they are so big that they put out their own anthology to go yeah, along go. with the, the uh, convention every year. And, and you're going to be in it. Yeah, it's going to be in California. And it's called, uh, the anthology is called California Scheming. And <laughs> not only am I in it, but um, three characters from one of my novels. is uh, they're, they're the stars or, or the featured players in... Uh, in that thing, uh, that st- short story, and Walter Mosley is in it, one of my all-time. Yeah, no, Walt, no, and so many more people. So, woohoo! And it's yeah. edited by the Art Taylor, who we interviewed right on this story, right on this yep, show. And I have a quick question for you, because uh, we're mindful of time today, folks, because Chris has got a ton of things he has to do. But um, what does it feel like to be published in a book or a magazine or an anthology with? writers that you have revered that's at first it's really exciting and then when you have some time to reflect on it you have to kind of um it's it's harder to doubt um that you can do this when you're gifted with the moment where you're put in the same uh, book with people that you've read and respected and reread to study mm-hmm. and when you're edited by someone that you was were impressed enough with to ask for an interview, you know, and we put it up here, our mm-hmm. and then you have such a positive experience with that and it, and it's going, it's going all the way to publication. Then you have to start thinking of yourself in a, um, slightly different light, huh? Slightly different light, but that doesn't mean, hey, I can stop. That means you've got to put more pedal, uh, more metal on the pedal, as it were. Because <laughs> <Yeah, well, right. laughs> he's a writer, he wants to flip that because yeah. words are, yeah, okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, not only 
keep working on the writing, but then, you know, there's, you got to school yourself at all times, you know, um, where can I learn what, you know, the internet has so much stuff out there where you can learn, but also there's a lot of stuff out there where you can be con. So be careful, everybody. Yeah. But, um, there's a lot of material. Congratulations on that. Sometime we'll talk about my, my side of that experience, but we're not going to do that today. Because what we do, up. we do still have to introduce who the hell are you? Oh, yeah. Who that, the heck am I? Sorry. Right. I was so excited about with you us. that I forgot about me. Yes. With us, we have oh, the legendary comic book scribing, iconic teenage detectives writing, great underused character developing, and globe-trotting creator of the world-renowned Blackjack. The African-American soldier of fortune set in the 1930s whose adventures reflect today's problems. We are talking about the one, the only, Alex Simmons. There he is, ladies and gentlemen, Alex Simmons. All right. I could have been a contender. No, okay. <laughs> good, 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 good. Good morning to you, Chris. I jumped the whole gun on that because I was, I, I really, the last time we talked about Butchercott, I kept saying, I got to remember to ask him to elaborate on that so people may not have heard, and then I didn't. So I wanted to jump and get that today because otherwise I might have forgotten because, you know, the way you, the way you constantly point out, you know, I'm a little older than you, you know, <laughs> I, get, I get these flashes of, of the good old days, you know, the pioneer days, <laughs> the covered wagon. Well, yeah. Okay, so you picked a really good topic for today, um, and I want to really get right to it because it's something that I I think about at times when I'm working on things, but I didn't really think about even doing an episode on it until you brought it up. So it's right. about music and writing. And, and there's several different keys people are thinking, oh, well, what do you play while you're writing? No, it's that, but, and Chris... Since you came up with it, I'm going to throw the first one at you here. Music. Okay, we know in movies it can set a tone and all that kind of stuff. But when you're writing, what is, how, did, how does it influence you? I mean... I, I use music uh, in, the, in the writing process. I use it far more in the pre-writing than, oh, so. the, than the actual writing system. Um, when I'm developing an idea or... or most often when I'm developing a character, I put together a playlist as I start to know elements of the character, you know, aspects of who she is or he is. And, and then I start figuring out when they grew up, what they would listen to, would they still be listening to that? And, and then it's... It helps you uh, hone in on a character to try and create a, a an appropriate playlist for them because you have to make some choices. And again, it's it's like that character profile. The more questions you ask yourself about a character, from you know favorite sandwich as a child to how much they currently have in their bank account to are they left to your writing and you mm-hmm. know. Are they, to be for sneakers or boots or, you know, all those little things indicate just little bits that uh, put the, the layers together. Same with the, the music. And um, once I have the playlist, then I will go for long walks or, you know, 
ride on the bike or put it in while I'm driving somewhere. And um, if you're driving, you're focusing on the driving, but you're letting well, it. Well, I would like to think you are, yeah. But if you're walking around, you can really focus on this particular character, you know. And I just think every aspect that you know about a character informs your ability to write a deeper uh, uh, representation of that character, different, uh, deeper portrayal of that character. So if you know the music that they go to when they're uh, celebrating and the music they're going to when they are down or when they're working out a problem, or working out for that matter too. Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. go on and on and you know, do they put uh, the it's the kind of guys you know the yeah. people you know does she put on Barry White or does she ever hear of Barry White or is there some other thing you know when they're making a smoochy smooch? What you know, all of those reveal different things. You Love know? Those, those those very specific terminologies. The smoochy well, smooch. You know, yeah. you know, you gotta you gotta be there. Yeah. And get right down into the groovy of it. Um, yeah. And I and I just find that the more you play with an idea, the more you can see that it is flexible. I mean, it works for your uh, lead antagonists and uh, protagonists equally well. But it might also work for a character that you see that is growing into a more prominent character and you feel like I need to know a little bit more about that person. You know, and, you know, if you're going shopping and you put some music on or playing in the house or whatever, well, then put some, you know, some music that's going to help you inform your writing. It's it's making everything help everything else. Right. And, and let me let me just for, for the sake, again, of some of the listeners, um, if you're you're hearing Chris and you're saying, well, gee, how does that act? Just think about how music influences you. Just think about where you are, you know, whatever your age is, whatever your position is in life. Think about where you are right now and what kind of music you listen to and how that influences you. And then go backwards. Just think about, you know, what was your favorite tune five years ago or a year ago or something like that. Think about those things because how that affects you is exactly what Chris is talking about now in terms of the music and the characters. So I just want to underscore that. And I will give out a, um, a resource. Oh, so? Oh, there's there you two, two resources. If Ooh, you get I your mean, pencils. Uh, there's, there's so many apps for music, you know, and if you're subscribed to any of those, you can pull music from anywhere, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but then you might say, well, where the hell am I going to figure out mu music, you know? Well, the very latest issue of Rolling Stone magazine mm -hmm. has a brand new list of the 500 best albums, right, uh, uh, in music history, they say. Oh, wow. I think the latest one, the, it goes back to maybe the 50s. It doesn't go further back than that. But, you know, most of us are writing, except for Blackjack, you know, this stuff would help us. But mm -hmm. I'm reading through the list, and because they redid it with younger people voting as well as older people, Ah, it's okay. Dynamically different than in the old, you know, uh, even as recently as like last year, year before, you know, it was all kind of classic rock, 500 classic rock albums, but much younger people in there and um, from all walks of life. 
and the list is fantastic. And if you couple that list with some kind of music subscription situation, or even if you're attached to the library and you get music out of the library, mm -hmm. uh, you can go through and, and say, I don't, you know, that's around the era that my character would, but I have no idea what that sounds like. Play it, listen to it, figure, you know, and get yourself a wider palette to paint from, you know. Mm. Um, so that's going to be one of my side uh, hobbies or side projects is uh, uh, finding music on that list that I don't know about. And uh, let me, yeah, let me follow that line of thought because I, I, again, you brought this up in, in the pre-pro conversation. So you, you, you're, you're creating a character and maybe that character is somebody you can relate to or you know the era that that character's from, you've been exposed to some of that material or that lifestyle. But then you're creating characters that you know nothing about that as a life experience. And you're also staying with the music theme. You're gonna play some music, come up with some music that's gonna help that process. Yeah. How do you do that? Well, I mean, <clears throat> Say you have a 20-something, and if you are lucky enough to have some 20-somethings running around your house, you ask them to make a list of stuff that uh, they would, if they were going on a desert island, you know, and they could only bring 10 albums, what 10 albums would you bring? You know, that kind of stuff. And then you listen to those 10 albums, thinking about your character, right? Um, this list, this new Rolling Stone list, has so much that is spread out across the... 50 years or 70 years now of uh, popular music goes back. <laughs> and, uh, there's one appearance of um, Frank Sinatra, one of Dolly Parton, one of Chuck Berry, one of Jerry Lee Lewis. But then there's also, um, uh, what's his name? Kanye West. There's also uh, Lady Gaga. Out, Gaga's in there. Um, Kendrick Lamar um, and everywhere in between you know there's there's stuff that came out just this year there's a bunch of Spanish music that nice. uh, Sean has been in, uh, introduced to through his girlfriend but uh, I may know if I heard it but I wouldn't know that you know so okay listen to this and, and, and learn what it is and get a little it's just a little taste. It's, you know, it's like going to a new restaurant and saying, well, this guy would eat, this guy would eat, or this character or she would eat at this place, you know, and you look around and you soak up the colors and you soak up the, you know, and then you start getting ideas for a scene set in someplace like that, you know. Um, sometimes you have to get out of your own life to give characters, you know, a, a life that is not another copy of yours, you know. Yeah. And Gunner, they would listen to the stuff I listen to. Penny, she doesn't. Penelope does not. You know, uh, I have a couple other characters that are, they wouldn't they wouldn't recognize the music I listen to. So I, yeah, I would have to do research. You know, the, the kids in Genius High, you know, they don't know what Led Zeppelin is or they don't care. It might, you know, they just a T-shirt. You know, it's not doesn't make a difference, right? It doesn't. You know, it, it's, it's they funny. don't feel it the way I feel it. You know. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of funny you mention that because you mentioned this marvelous music source, this 500 album thing from Rolling Stone Press has put out, 
And I'm just wondering, we're going, what's Rolling Stone for yeah. that matter? You know, I mean, I'm sure, you know, it's still Rolling so Stone. solid. Let's see how we can do this. Rolling Stone is a entertain, entertainment magazine. Okay, a magazine is a paper product that has information and <laughs> that comes out in like book and magazine stores. All right, a book and magazine store is a <laughs> store, you know, made out of brick and mortar that you walk into, and that's where they would sell a lot of books, and it's not Amazon. And <laughs> these shelves with a much thinner things, and those are oh, magazines, <laughs> and in there would be Rolling Stone, and on the new cover is Bruce so Springsteen, and out of his face it says 500 albums, and that's the magazine. It cost maybe, I don't know, five or ten bucks. I don't know. But it's an investment in, you know, 500 resources of music and potential characterization. Music. Now, I mean, that, that was sarcastic, guys. But it it just shows how much and how far things have changed. Yeah. You know, uh, my kids always look at me straight. Like, I was trying to turn them on to that particular issue and that list of music. I said, there's so much that is your music rather than mine. I'd love to have that conversation. And they looked at me like, how quaint do you have a magazine? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at an article about this. So it says here, the electorates, uh, I didn't pronounce that right, electorates include Beyonce, Taylor Swift, Billie Eilish. Um, then it says, She's sure. She's on the H period, E period, R period. Now, notice I have to do that, but I'm sure anybody who's into that music will know. Of course, it's her. Uh, um, Tierra yeah, Whack. Yeah, Tierra Whack. I've never heard of that name. Lindsay Jordan of Snail Mail, which is kind of cool. And then they, you know, they go on. They name a few of the others. Oh, oh, oh. Wu Tang. Wu Tang Clan mm -hmm. is still in there. Mm -hmm. And Stevie Nicks is in there. So they, you know, they've got, as you were saying, they've got an eclectic group. Yeah. You know, and, and the voters were this time period more so than the past. Right. There's like a, um, a portion of them are uh, music journalists from across the industry. Mm -hmm. And then um, there's a, a portion that are um, record executives from across or radio personalities and that kind of stuff and executives. And then the rest are recording artists, like you said. And it goes, you know, as far back as, you know, there's a couple of people who are like, wow, there's still a member of that band living, you know? And then there's, uh, like Billy is, Billy Eilish is probably one of the youngest people uh, who voted, you know? But she's uh, somewhere. The list here is 20 at this point. Yeah. Yeah. The, the list here is, is, it says written by, written by. There's over 40 names here, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, who participated right. in this. Well, so, you know, what's interesting with that uh, article is that, you know, uh, it's, it's the list. Uh, Marvin Gaye, what's going on is number one, not the Beatles for the first time in, I don't know, 20 years, 30 years. But then there's a little, there's a write up on why this, you know, what's in this album, what, why this album is important or why it, you know, is, and so you get a little flavor and then you can go, if you have one of these subscriptions, you can go and listen to the album. Yeah. And you have that combination, you can really fuel a music education. Um, and widen your palette as to our potential uh, characters. Now, you, of course, we always want to stay away from stereotypes and all that sort of stuff, but you can mix, mix and match and all that stuff, and the more you pay attention to it, the more 
Yeah, you know? I, I think one of the things, too, that's interesting, too, is when a character, I mean, like, let's say you're taking, again, we're staying with the theme of music. You select the music that this character uh, might be into, has been into. But if the character is also going through some sort of change in their life and they get introduced to something different, you know, mm-hmm. but then there's like, okay, what would this character's, what would the change in a character like this flow into organically? Or what person has come into their life or what thing has happened in their life that would bring this new perspective in? Right. So you, know, you, you might, I agree with you. I agree with you. But you yeah. might also just have it for backstory, you know? Yeah. I have an image of this big, bruising bouncer that when he goes home, listens to Dolly Parton's version of Jolene. Because he's heartbroken and lonely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, that may never show up in a story, but if you know it, there's a different little nuance that you give to the character. There's a a, a, a sadness that it goes beyond just the brawn. You know, yeah. and I, th- I think that kind of knowledge and that kind of uh, uh, working with your characters uh, and music is a great, a great tool for that. You know. And just playing with, you know, knowing the character, you know, that big bruiser. Okay, when he goes to the gym and he has his headphones on, right? You would think he'd be playing metal or something, right? Mm-hmm. But he might be playing, you know, like Dolly Parton, or he might be playing, you know, I, personally, I, I really get a good workout when I'm listening to that Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not, it's, it doesn't make a difference. But it does. It does because it informs who you, you know. Right. I was, I was going to say that also, like, in a, in a number of books as well as, or I should say, more so in TV and film, because I think it's a visual and audio experience, but also in books, often they'll focus on food or clothes or some other solidly held item to represent a character's mood, personality, etc., but I think music is 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 underrated in some of those situations because again, what we listen to depending on our mood can sometimes be a device within the story to fool the other participants. Like I remember seeing in in uh, one one story I was I was involved in uh, where the character that we're focused on has tacks, uh, painted nails, um, a ring through the nose. Uh, has the black mascara on the eyelashes. He, he is, I don't even know what the term would be, but he's, he's really out there. He's, he's really spiked his hair. A whole, a whole look that says, this is who you think this character is. And he's always got the phones on. And at one point, he's ignoring, or appears to be ignoring, our lead characters, who are investigators. And they're trying to get his attention. He's just in his head with these things on, his uh, earbuds on. And they finally come over to it and they yelling and they say, you know, you're drowning out. You're trying to drown everybody out with this loud music and blah, blah, blah. And he pulls the buds out. He hears them. He hands one of the buds to him and it's. And they look at him like he says, when I'm writing my poetry, it calms me down. Right. So you don't know. And in storytelling, it flips the switch. You know, it just throws that thing. Oh, dang, you know. You know, so it says something on a, on a subtext level as well as, a, you know, a, a, a primal level. Right. I, think you're, I think you're right. Music is, is very powerful. Now, how do, you, how do you react 
I mean, again, you're creating this character. This character is nothing like you. you. You've chosen some music that you feel this character would, would listen to. Um, maybe if the character is very much into the headphones thing, they're always listening to this. But it's music you absolutely hate mm-hmm. because of the lyrics or because of the, the sound. How do you deal with that? Well, I, I think that's an easier door to go through because uh, if I hate it, then I ask, okay, why would this character like it? Mm. What What is it that the, this particular music is offering that is not connecting with you but would connect with that person? Well, so you flip what, it back I, on the character. I, yeah, well, what kind of character would live, what lifestyle would they be living that, you know, um, uh, let's see, Black Planet might appeal to them, you know? Uh, and it's it's not limited to, well, that must be a Black character. You know, one of the mm-hmm. things with uh, gangster rap is, is these rich kids from, you know, like Long Island or Westchester were just eating it up. That's, well, there's an interesting question. Why? What was it? Was it because it pissed off their parents? Is that what it was? Or was it because it offered uh, a reality, uh, a grittiness of life that they're, you know, Led lifestyle didn't, you know, didn't come close to, you know, uh, uh, a bravado that they had no way of accessing otherwise. All of those questions, you know, may lead to research, but at least they'll lead towards understanding the characters you're, you know, and the answers might not be comfortable and the answers might not be a good look. But you're not making a judgment on that. You're not, it's not for you to bend reality to conform to your character. The idea is to use reality in the form of music or in the form of art or or life, you know, to inform the character that you're creating, you know, so... They might be listening to this great stuff for all the wrong reasons, but that says something about the character too, you know? Or it might be somebody that um, let me give you a sidetrack to understand. Sure. Uh, we are in COVID, and um, I didn't do a lot, but I did one or two things uh, with the school, getting stuff to students. In, in my district and my district's ec- economic reality goes from really well off to devastatingly not mm-hmm. and driving from one spot to another spot and I mean that's cold hard reality and seeing the students uh, live and react and, 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 and exist in whatever their particular reality is, and then come, you know, uh, we haven't seen them come back yet. So, but uh, knowing how they were, now this was last May or June, so I was familiar with how they were in the school. Um, 
that all that all informs as well, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like that. If you're getting anything you can to inform you, and I think the the mistake is saying, all right, these are the things that I'm going to have inform this fully formed character. You get an idea of a character, and then you look around that character's world for clues to that character, and let that character develop. You know, in Genius High, there's a, a, a a trans uh, transitioning character, and she was named Stevie. And I'm sure that occasion, uh, at one point in her life, she was Stephen. Um, but I didn't really know more than anything anything else about her. And um, the reason she existed was because I was seeing some kids that were transitioning, and the amount of pain they were going through broke my heart. And I wanted to have someone who had reached the other side. Right. <clears throat> had made the transition safely or had gotten there. I don't know if safely is the right word. Uh, as a um, as a character of hope that, you know, it can get better and you can get there. Well, as I started learning and as I had to learn some fashion, because, you know, hoodies were not something that Stevie would wear. Uh, and every, the more you thought that way, the more character came alive and then she grew from a paragraph and a half to uh, 7, 10, 12, 15 appearances and throughout the book solving problems and being integral because she came alive the more I learned about her world not I added things to her because that's how I see it. Or that's where you wanted the plot to go, or however. Yeah, yeah. this is more organic and true to the character. You got to learn. You got to learn. One more thing that is off topic, but on topic. I had a conversation with somebody um, who is an influencer um, on social media, and um, uh, it was a statement made related to where where his influence uh, resides that um, named all these different specialty groups, but specifically left out cis white males and being an ancient cis white male. um, (laughs) I worried that, you know, uh, I had brought up to the person, I said, isn't it leaving out those cis white males who are coming to your arena for safe haven, you know, and um, I felt like that was really important to the long-range visual vision of this uh, um, platform that had been created. And with all respect and stuff, and I love him for it, he shook it off like, nah, it doesn't bother me. Because those cis white males who are guests of our area know we're not talking about them. He had so much confidence that his, the people who are involved in, you know, what he is doing, understand what is being said and have confidence in themselves was a very strong learning experience for me. You know, um, I, I think some, some of that old Bronx, uh, you know, indoctrinated guilt, uh, guilt or indoctrinated uh, doubt 
had been creeping in. And now I got to see it in a different way. You know, the, this generation uh, uh, can feels, you know, not that it, his one statement is, is representative of the entire generation. That would be ridic ridiculously reductive. But it was evidence that there's a, there's not a, um, as much of a us and them click, you know, cool kids, not cool kids in his framework, in his mindset mm. than, uh, than I was used to in, in your time. In, in, well, in my time and also across the 30 years where I've been in yeah. the classroom. You know? so, so let me let me bring this back to the music again, because I what you're saying is right. It, it it is again about understanding people, which is also about understanding characters, because characters coming from that. Even if you're doing characters that are are animals or fantastic, you know, creatures, if you're endowing them with human traits, once again, what are what are human traits? What are human foibles and habits and so forth? So I don't so, know that there's more of a human trait than stuff that's reflected in music. Yeah, well, and again, so we go back to music. So we have music that, that a character might be into. We have music that um, <clears throat> re reflects the era uh, that, you're, that your character is living in, that sort of thing. And then there's some people play music as background when they're writing, which has theoretically nothing to do with the story itself but creating an atmosphere for the writer. Do you fall into that arena as well? It's changed over the years. I find now that um, a lot of times I can't. Um, there's an exception, a very strange exception. Uh, for some reason, I can write to the radio station 107.1, The Peak, which is out of like Westchester or Rockland or something. Uh, that music is a little more modern and a little more mixed. And I don't know, I think it's something in the, the, the way they send it out. Maybe it's not as, the volume's not as pushed up or something. It's not as sharp. Um, but that falls into an energizing background where... Um, a classic rock station might not, or a dance station might not. Uh, find it very weird. For the longest time, uh, you could put stuff on, but now I no notice that I am either moving to the music instead of moving my hands across the uh, keyboard, <laughs> or I'm uh, focusing on the lyrics, you know? So. Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, but 107.1, for some reason, falls into a background that will sustain me for it allows me to write longer uh without distraction which is pretty interesting yeah so, I, I find that with with me um and this is again over time it used to be i could write under any circumstances no matter what was happening around me uh and when i go to sit you know this is pre-covid when i go to sit in a diner or some of the uh locations that were filled with people or activity, that the sounds around me were energizing. I wasn't focused on them, right? But I find that with music, anything that's abrasive, even if it's music that I like, if it's you know, if it's loud, I, I, I'm pulled into that, and I only want to go into that if my head needs to be in that kind of frenzy or intensity. 
Otherwise, I can't have that playing in the background. I don't try to play or I don't tend to play songs that have a lot of lyrics to them, especially new stuff, because I'm trying, some part of me is trying to focus on, oh, well, what did he say or she say? What did, he, what did they say? So, so I'm, I'm being distracted that way. If it's old stuff that I know of a certain energy level in the background, because I already know the songs, and, mm-hmm. and for some reason... I'm in the right zone, it becomes background, filter, and I'm not really caught up in the music. The music's just creating sort of a sound wall around me, and it's okay. But if it's new stuff and instrumental, and I catch a lick in there or something that I like, I'm, I'm out of it now. I'm, I'm pulled out of the writing, and so that means, okay, I can't listen to anything now. I've got to shut it all down and just zone. And so it's, it depends, I think... I, for me, I think it depends on the mood I'm in at the time and the material that I'm working on. If I'm really, really into this material, if, I, if it's a, a fiction story that I'm really sucked into, or it's a piece of, I'm doing like a forward for a project right now, which I can't talk about. But if it's something that I'm really involved in, I'm there, it doesn't matter. But if it's something that I'm, I'm writing because it's an assignment, I want it to be good, I'm gonna give 110%, but I'm not passionately in love with it, then yeah, I'm subject to distraction. So I got to cut the distractions out. Yeah. And, and, you know, we were talking earlier about uh, playlists for characters. I, I can't play them while I'm writing the scenes because there's always more than one character in there, you know? Ah. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh that's yeah. All, that's all pre-writing and that kind of stuff. Um, and even 107.1 doesn't make it during um, close rewrites and close editing. That's where it's... Um, That's when you're laser focused, huh? Yeah, yeah. I've tried to take all the, all the sounds out and I'm just... Sometimes, as weird as it sounds, I will turn all the music off and all that sort of stuff and put headphones in that I don't turn on. You know, like the earbuds or the AirPods, I stick them in there. It's just a little extra quiet, and uh, yeah, that's that's when I'm really that's a sound deprivation there. <laughs> it's really funny. It's funny, you know. So it it depends. And again, this is not a universal because King Stephen King will tell you he plays like ACDC and stuff like that at top volume. Well, whatever works for you, man. Whatever works. Well, see, now, and again, that's that's uh, another thing. Writing is an individual experience, and just like styles change, you know, preparations, environments, things that you need to do the job change, depending on your personality or whatever. Um, but I, I think it is good to draw attention to the place that music holds in that process, you know, or the places, you know, it, maybe that's a better way of putting it. Because um, I do think that in some cases, some people tend to sort of lock that out. They assume, especially, you know, new writers, many new writers or some new writers assume that it's got to be totally quiet, you know, uh, in order for me to get the work done. And others struggle, because I've heard some of my students struggle with, well, you know, I like to listen to such and such music, you know, is that a wrong thing? And I'm thinking, wrong in what sense? You know, give me, the, give me yeah. The only thing I would have to that is, does it stop you from writing? Yeah, exactly, exactly. If, if it doesn't stop you from writing, then nothing's wrong. Yeah, and and I think you can also be clear that if you find, for instance, you're trying to write uh, a sensitive scene or a quiet scene or a love scene, 
and there's a certain sort of mood and atmosphere that you that you want your characters to have or they're in and you're playing your music and you're feeling tense or something you're not feeling then yeah that's telling you something that's telling you that that sound is not collaborating with your artistry at that time but if it's set in the mood and you're in it and you're you're getting the scene done and it's working then hey you've created the right environment and i think you can experiment with that to see what it does for you and and take some of the suggestions that chris has, has shared with us i'll share another time but that chris has shared this time in terms of how you can utilize music in the writing process yeah. is there anything you else you wanted to add um another tip because yeah. i think the rolling stone and tip none of these, you know none of these are rules they're all you know as i get more and more experience as a writer i i find my appetite for how other people do their thing uh growing because i don't take it as bible as like oh that's what works for them and it confirms what works for me you mm -hmm. know the only rule the only rule is serving the story so whatever is helping you write that story and the next story and the next story is the right thing you know someone says i i have to wear um my deep sea diving flippers when i write go ahead it doesn't make a difference <laughs> you know i can i, like I can only that. write any whistle music go ahead it doesn't it yeah. doesn't make a difference um you know uh there's uh, there hasn't been total quiet in my life for a long period of time ever you know this is a really quiet sunday morning i can still hear my wife moving around or the kids or the dog or whatever um, and you and I both grew up in the Bronx, so quiet meant there was only one police car passing. So, you know, <laughs> I just, the, the Bronx is loud. And if you haven't been in the city, not now because the city's a ghost town, but, you know, in the old world and hopefully in the return world, you go when New York City or wherever you live, you go, you know, the, to the center of a, a city or a town and listen. That's loud, you know, even if you're in a small town and you go out of your house and, and walk through, you know, in suburbia, everyone, someone is mowing the lawn. As long as the sun is up, someone's mowing the lawn right? <laughs> and, someone, and someone else is chopping or hammering something. It's just it's it's like that scene in Monty Python um, and the Holy Grail when they're in the woods building the. Uh, wooden badger or whatever they're building right it's from far away you know so but you know take it all you know walk around take the smells you know that informs too you know what character what, how would your different characters react to the smell of barbecue or gasoline or you know a dog that needs a good washing you know what would gross them out what wouldn't gross them out you know uh, all of this, all of these senses, whatever you can do is to know your character more helps you tell the damn story. And music, very good tool for it. Absolutely. And and on that note, <laughs> see what I did there? On that note, we will we will say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, folks, for for tuning in, for listening yet again to these, these dudes who, uh, who, who know and love what they do, which is, is writing and telling uh, many damn stories. Uh, Chris, as always, a pleasure. And uh, you know, let's, let's encourage folks to continue to send in questions, 
suggestions. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I would love a music list from from some of our listeners. You know, what do you listen to, or what kind of music do, is your you know, one of the characters that you've created really into? Just just and let us know what we've just said about music and using it is helpful to you. Yeah, yes. I'd, I'd love to see. You know, I write horror. I listen to this. You know. Yeah. Oh, genre-wise. Yeah. Okay. Because some people might think, well, that's got to be death metal, and it turns out to be poker. Oh. I listen. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, we we will in another time. We'll talk about you know again, even with film uh, music that's that appears to be counter, or you would assume is counter to the uh -huh. grist you're seeing. You know, there's a. I'll just quickly say there was an episode of X File. I won't go into the whole thing. That while the grizzly thing was happening, a Johnny Mathis song was playing. Chances yeah. are, you know, and it creeped me out, and for a while I could not listen to that song without thinking about that scene. Yeah, so, Tarantino ruined uh, "Stuck in the Middle with You" for me. <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. There you go. So, folks, music, music, music. Tell stories and then tell us about your telling those stories. Take care, Chris. Peace.